Welcome everyone to the final episode of the Nepal Coexisting with Giants series. I'm your host, Brooke Mitchell Norman, conservation biologist and world traveler. If you've listened to the preceding four shows of this series, you've probably noticed that a very important voice has been missing. I felt the same way while I was in Nepal and was stoked when we had a chance to sit down with today's guest. Bijou Padal is a young Nepalese conservationist studying human-elephant conflict in non-protected areas. Elephants regularly visit her childhood village and cause havoc. And unlike other parts of the country, this village doesn't receive any tourism benefits from living with wildlife. So, understandably, she grew to hate them. She had a revelation one day when her mother explained that elephants are mothers too and are doing their best to survive. Bijou felt inspired and went into forestry to study how to minimize human-elephant conflict in her home village. Now, she's working as the Nepal Programs Manager for Seatree and a research director for the Himalayan Conservation and Research Institute. We do a deep dive into human-elephant conflict in Nepal and what it's like as a young woman navigating her way in a male-dominated field and culture. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening and share with a friend that you think would enjoy today's talk. Sharing is the best way to help the show grow. All right, everyone. And now my conversation with Bijou. So I'll start with my name (laughs) (laughs) and my family background. (laughs) So my name is Bijou Baudel. I'm from Eastern Nepal, Zappa. And there are... There used to be, you know, I don't have father, so uh, there used to be 11 members in my family to my parents and nine all daughters. Oh, <laughs> so you're we have sisters only as well. Wow, <laughs> and I'm the youngest one. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I have seen like my I'm working as a researcher. And I'm professionally, I'm working with Sri an organization which works in Nepal with the rural women to conserve the natural ecosystem. So we have these discussion classes related to environment because we think that women are not privileged with the education and they are the ones who are more connected to the nature and their daily life is more connected to the nature. So to try to make their engagement engagement in the natural resource management and then make them realize these current environmental problems, their contribution, what they can do and learn a lot about the environment uh, close to them, the forest especially, so that they can have their voice in the meetings because they will have this knowledge, this basic knowledge. So we have our discussion classes six months or yeah, it goes to like six to 12 months, but we have one manual ourselves and our environment. It's in Nepali. So we, we get one facilitator from a group of 30 to 25 women. We focus on women, but sometimes you work in the mixed groups, mixed farmers group too. So especially we want to focus on women. So now we get one facilitator from the group. We train them and then, and then they go back to their village with the manual and they discuss and, and we do the nursery project with them. They we have this one method called PRA, Participatory Rural Appraisal, where we have specified questions which we keep on modifying. And they discuss based on that uh, that particular questions regarding the forest, the native species, which species is important for them, and for what purposes, like for fruits, 
for trays, for firewood, for you know conserving which one is uh, you know the shape hearing from their environment that makes them realize what's the what they already have in their environment and then what they think is needed for them for their daily life and for their community. So we do the nursery and plantation project with them. And then more than that, we encourage them to use the alternative source of energy, like biogas or like, you know, solar panels. We try to encourage them because we some somewhere we have this donation system or support system from the government. So some of the people don't know. So when they hear about these things, they go to their local government or the concerned authorities to ask and get the benefits. Other than that, I'm engaged with a NGO called Himalayan Conservation and Research Institute. It's like our own creation. Like Suras is the director of that, and I'm working as a research director. And I, I recently I have won a human elephant conflict project minimization project recently accepted by Rufford, which I'm doing through a Himalayan Conservation and Research Institute. So yeah, I'm going back, I think tomorrow or the day after tomorrow to Japa. So when I be, where I belong, Japa, my community, I have seen the human elephant conflict since I have taken the birth. So it's, it's a huge, huge uh, conflict over there. Like two or three weeks or maybe a month ago two people were dead and an elephant killed them. In, in your village? Yep. Yeah. So, so did you know them? One person I know, the other I don't. And they were not much aware about elephants and they were trying to pull the elephant's tail. They were trying to pull the elephant's tail? Yeah. So that is what I heard from my family members, mm-hmm. but that didn't came in the media. So it is like I I read in the online news that two people were killed from the elephant, and we got that impression that elephants are bad; they are killing elephants. But then I talked with people there, and then who saw the real incident or who heard about the incident, they realized that they were trying to pull the hair so that they can make some bracelet or something. I don't know because that's a huge, you know tradition or like you know a prestige like you have the elephant tail as a bracelet now we have some law that you cannot use that or do that but who who knows someone is doing that in the eastern part of the nepal with the elephants so they were killed i've heard that but i don't have any you know real evidence or things like that but i can understand why an elephant is attacking humans because they it might have disturbed a lot to you know disturbed enough to kill other animals because they are so clever so I can understand how how disturbed they were that particular elephant was to kill two human beings. One was injured but he was dead on his way to the hospital. So that was early morning. So you can imagine the conflict we are going through in the village. So yeah, when I was a child, when I was seeing those elephants coming to my house, trying to, you know, break my house, trying, try, we were trying to chase the elephants. I was also like, no, I don't like elephants. Yeah. They, they, are, they are disturbing a lot, my family, and we don't have a male member, so that it's considered like you are not, you know, 
capable enough to travel or, or do something in the nights because they come to visit the cropland or your house at nights. So we just, we just have our father and then we, we used to help him to make him sounds or make fires because they are afraid of fires. So we didn't have the electricity back then. So that was really hard for us to, you know, tackle how to, and then it was kind of like neglected for for the human elephant conflict in my community because there are other highlighted places there are the areas which are close to the protected areas mm-hmm. all the focus goes over there and then other areas like bahundangi that's like directly connected to india mm-hmm. so that i know that is another place which is highlighted for the conflict minimization and we you know spending our lives protecting our home and our cropland and me struggling you know while talking about the elephant conservation now is a really struggle but we are trying we are trying from our level best trying to attract the attention from the government and the concerned authorities even the local government so yeah i was like no I don't like elephants, but later I was, you know, interested in knowing more about them and then hearing a lot from my mother who said that I'm also a mother. The elephant also have their children cubs. So, so see, see, you know, she put that seed in my mind like, okay, they also have their emotion. They must be, you know, disturbed. And then after that, I did my intermediate after my schooling, like after 10, I started my forestry studies. I did my intermediate in forestry. After that, I, I you know, started to change my perception towards elephants. And then after that, I have this scholarship from the C-Tree organization which I'm working with. I was awarded as a work scholar, study scholar. And I got a chance to get my bachelor's degree in forestry. So that gave me a lot of knowledge and information about this environment, conservation, and everything. And after that, I realized, you no, know, elephant, every element in the ecosystem is important. So I did my thesis, bachelor's thesis on human-elephant conflict. And that gave me an insight on how it is going on, what is the perception of people. And after that, I applied for first Ruford grant. They gave me small uh, Ruford grant. And then I tried to see the conflict hotspots. So after, after doing my research and bachelor's degree and doing one project with Ruford, I am like, okay, I need to work something for my community and for the elephant because there is a lot of negativity going on in the perception of local communities because they are, they are kind of like the victims with the elephants. So I applied again with the Ruford. I got rejected for, for the second run. And after, re, after one year, you can reapply. So I reapplied and then now I got it. So. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, so it's been like two months. My grant is accepted, so I have I have finished the procedure. So I'll be going back to my community to start my works. I have some training for the forest guards from the community forest. So it's not like the armed police or armed forest guard like the protected areas have. 
We have some other, they just have one long stake and they are responsible for protecting the community forest. So I, I, I feel like they are the one who know most of the inference of the elephants in the community and in the forest and they know for the movement inside the forest. So if I train them, they can, I think, help us, you know, pre-inform pre us the entry of the elephants or where they are going, what's happening. And then we might take help from them to chase the elephant from the crop plant. So I'm trying to train them with few equipments. But I was interested in working with the school students because I know when I was in school, I was hating elephants. So I feel like there are a lot of school students who are hating elephants right now because they are struggling. You know, sometimes they cannot be, go to the school due to the conflict because they might have to wait, you know, the whole night and then the next day you cannot attend the school. So I want to you know, have some sort of workshop with them so that they understand that it's not just us, we are being affected. The elephants, they are equally being affected. So it's not like you hate the elephant. We need to figure out how we can, you know, cope with these things or stay together in this sort of community. So they need to understand what actual elephant is, state of what human elephant conflict is. So now, if we do not consider the human component, then I think it's it's not going to work because the population is increasing and the population of the wildlife also is increasing in Nepal. Like we can see the rhino count, we can see the elephant population. So I think it's high time. And another thing is that we have we have one perception in my community is that we are close to India and there are migrating elephants. So people are like, these are Indian elephants. We don't want them. So oh. that's that we have Asian elephants and the species which we have is the Indian species. So so you cannot say like the one which is working in the rhino count is our elephant and then the one coming through the migration is India's elephant. <laughs> yeah. That's that's they not how you borders. Yeah. They they don't they, they, they don't have this citizenship. So that is something we need to work on. Like you cannot to that that's that's their migratory routes before i think before humans they were maybe using that route before before we came there elephants were already there so we are using that that you know migratory route that's why we are getting disturbed so people need to understand like you cannot hate elephants just because they are coming from india so that is another challenge for us to, you know, overcome in the in changing the perception of people. So this is what I am planning to work besides my work with C3. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I was really glad you brought up the media aspect because I don't think we've really talked about that as far as like the news media. Yeah. So from your experience, since, you know, we don't know Nepali or have like links to any of the news, is it usually pretty bad stories that come out when these attacks happen? Like, yeah. What are they normally like? Yeah, like the news comes like one, you know, two people killed by a wild elephant. The headlines approach. And then some people who don't want to go into into the main component or, or main main thing of the of the article, they'll just read and okay, elephants be aware, they're killing people. And and some of some of the news like 
you know, they don't verify. Sometimes they give the news of Asian elephant and put a picture of African elephant. What? Yeah, they don't even cross-check it. That happens a lot here in Nepal. Do you just... Like, like yeah. yeah, they don't. The, the I understand they don't recognize this species, but they can cross check it. Yeah. They can simply Google it. They can just cross check it, or have someone who had seen the wild elephant in Nepal. Yeah. Most of the people have seen elephant in Nepal, because they have one in the zoo. Most of the people have traveled to Sauraha or at least seen in the TV, but they don't even try to cross check it. Most of the times, and it just doesn't happen with the elephants, with the other animals too. So the perception change starts from there. I've seen like they give the picture of another animal and then write the news for another animal. So two types of perception, they get a perception for two different animals at the same time. So we have seen that and we have been like, you know, raising our voice, like at least you come to us and forsake it, at least you know, don't give the African elephant the the the, the pain that that the Asian elephant. I don't know. <laughs> so it frustrates you so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seeing the African elephant and giving the news of Asian elephant, like why? <laughs> why? Do you see the ears? <laughs> yeah, like, at least it's not the right one. <laughs> That happens a lot. That happens. We have seen that a lot with a lot of species. And in the news be like the elephant was wild. It killed during the broad daylight and you know, scaring people. And and I, I like the one the recent incident as I told you, I talked with the other people from the community and got the real, you know, scenario of the incident. Because I knew that elephant will not come to you and then kill you. Because a few days ago, I was in my home. Actually, that day, I got my roofed grant accepted. I was at home. And then I was, I was you know, print, I, I got the printouts. I asked my sister to get the printout from her office. And then I got the printer and I was about to sign the letter. And then I feel like, okay, that was about 12 midnight. So I was like, okay, I'll do it tomorrow morning. I'll sleep now. And then I slept and I heard my neighbor's dog barking a lot. That's, you know, kind of a shine for us. These dogs know the elephant when it is near, but it is really close. You know, you know, they get afraid and they stop barking. So the elephant was coming the dog was barking and then I was hearing that but I was like no the elephant is not here the dog is barking for something else I let I let you know I was too lazy to you know open my window and then see if the elephant was there and within two or three minutes elephant hit our home and I heard the crack and the first thing I said was oh elephant hit our you know everyone get up I I because I knew that it's just that I was too lazy to open the window and see. It took one sack of potato from our store and it went. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, you can. It's like a potato. Yeah, it did. And then we screamed, we screamed, and then it, you know, 
carrying the potato on his trunk like a baby <laughs> and then and then wandering around our home and then and then it took it went away eating the potatoes we could, we were not able to find single potato in the field oh, it's cold. <laughs> it, it 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 so yeah these sort of incidents we grow up with these incidents it's hard for for you know changing the perception of people because they are struggling really very hard in the communities but yeah they need to change their perception i feel like that's the only way we can you know find a way to solve or minimize the conflict first we have to work in the perception of people and change it and after that we can give them some sort of project or program or or any conflict minimizing solution so that they can really understand that elephants are important so let's do this for elephants and let's do this sort of activities for the human community so this happens <laughs> and and in the next morning everyone was like oh you got the grant for elephant conservation or 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 conflict minimization and elephant comes came to you right right <laughs> there to say you hi and as a treat as a party <laughs> it took one sack of the nut <laughs> oh my gosh it's <laughs> so it sounds like the only communities that gets help are the ones that are near the protected areas so for like your village let's say that something you know these attacks happened is there any like government support to help or, or what what happens to my knowledge till now i have not heard about any sort of government support other than the compensation which i am not in the favor of you cannot compensate a life for an elephant for the or for or the human being some some cash will not work but that is all we have and still the procedure like you will have to go to the police station and everything and you are in the trauma and then and then within 30 i don't know 48 hours or something you'll have to have this verified from police officer or something they have this sort of procedure so if you don't have someone who you can really trust or who can work for you when you are going through the trauma then you will not even get the compensation so even even i got cracked my at my house i didn't even bother to go to the police station and doing that sort of thing to get the compensation because i feel like i'll focus on something else i'll focus on repairing it rather than going to the police office and then waiting for the money to come through the government it's a long procedure though the forest officials in the conflict areas try to help i have some of my friends over there when a big incident happens i try to connect them you know for at least for the compensation so only the compensation even we don't have any support at least we can have some support for lights or maybe for beekeeping project or or you know some sirens or at least something for the community or any introduction of any alternative crops and then and then you know giving them the connection to the market or something but i have to my knowledge i don't have anything like that and and in the research part too it's my community is kind of like you know 
neglected because it's a small patch of forest, small community. Let's focus on the broader aspect. Let's focus on the, you know, the areas which is directly connected to India, the bro borders. So... So like just, the community is almost like forgotten. This big, yeah, big while 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 someone has to get the information or knowledge or you know or the information or the news for for their news, they will come to my community. They will talk, ask, and write the news in the newspaper. And okay, that's the area for which has women and infant conflict, which is really high, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's like I I don't. I don't find anyone, you know, other than the compensation. I feel like the local government, the municipalities, they are also kind of like passive in terms of human-elephant conflict. Like, okay, you can cope with with this problem because it's been long, the elephants are there. So it's a it's kind of like a, a issue which is hard or impossible to address. So maybe that's, the, you know, the reason why we don't have you know the attraction of the central government because our local government is also passive. Yeah, I have never seen any any political leader, you know, having this human conflict minimization issue on their agendas. It's a huge issue over there, but I have never seen any political leaders or even the municipality mayor. They don't have this issue on their agendas. They lie. they are like we have other issues to address. It's all been already been there. We cannot you know completely or uh, you know minimize or solve it. But they can give some try. They can try something so that we can figure out what will be the best. I'm just a researcher, and even I'm the victim. So I'm not the institution to solve everything. It's just my interest to work. And it's just, I feel the responsibility for my community because I have this access to the knowledge or maybe the access to the people like you from the world, which, you know, I can introduce them to my community and then, and then show them my local scenario. I'm not a government official. I am not a political leader, so I don't have this, you know, strong backup to solve or to minimize the whole conflict within, within two or three months or, with, or within a year. So I have I have heard that uh, uh, Division Forest Office in Chapa is working in the corridor maintenance, but it's it's a long long project. It takes a lot of time. So maybe there are communities who need the immediate help, or maybe they are in need of the presence of their government right now. So it's like I don't know why <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're doing a lot. That's really awesome. Yeah, for your community as well. Like, talk about bringing it home. Since you experienced it so firsthand, like your yeah. voice is that much more powerful. Yeah. And also for people to listen to you. Because you're like, I am one of you. You know me. We grew up together. And look how my mindset has changed yeah. to these creatures. Let me teach you. Yeah. And yeah if 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 you don't take the local support like if someone else wants to go to the community to understand about the only the human elephant conflict 
people aren't like you just want to you know interview us or take our data for your publication or for your research and that's it you are not going to help it and even your research findings will not be that much helpful for us because in nepal it's research it's there are a lot of researchers we have a lot of research work going on but the coordination with the researchers or the research findings in the planning of the government is lacking in a lot of you know in a lot of planning so it's like you just came here for your purpose not for our purpose so a lot of people a lot of community people are like i don't want to you know give you the information what will you do after hearing my problem you'll do nothing because we have experienced this so let's let's forget about your you know interview or or your data collection so sometimes it's kind of like hard just to do the research so that's why i try to approach roofward so that this can support my research and then my activities with with the communities so that you know they can get at least some help so right now in my one of my roofward objective is to see the land use and land cover change so we we developed this project to see the land use and land cover change and and we feel like deforestation is changing into cropland or the settlement that's the one of the region where we have this conflict high conflict so we are trying to see see that aspect along with the conservation awareness and minimization objectives so let's see what will the result come and then and we can you know maybe we can recommend something based on that objective or maybe i can plan something else with the roof or or someone who can support me financially or technically for the community to me i'm so glad that you just brought up the research thing mm-hmm. um focusing more now on the human aspect of like sharing stories like yours because at first i really wanted to go the academia route mm-hmm. and i know some amazing people in academia but there's such a pressure on them to just publish papers yeah like you need to get your name on papers you absolutely have to get your name in these journals and if you're not in the right journal then like your career is ruined and so there's this constant pressure yeah always 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 but just like you said but then what happens so you find these recommendations and you're like yeah. in the discussion section this is what we recommend yeah well who's actually doing any of that like your recommendations are yeah no one is yeah and the recommendations should be realistic too and other thing is like you cannot recommend anything like i don't recommend uh, this electric fencing around my around my community because we tried it the community forest user group tried it to fence it with the solar fencing they spent a lot but they used these wooden poles they were all stolen by the community and uh, <laughs> yeah yeah that happens that's kind of like normal <laughs> so that was that was no use and then you cannot fence the forest area because elephant or any other animal fencing is like a bigger you know cave you are creating a bigger cave just you know you are extending the area only so and then if the these animals are migrating then that's no use so 
and then people we we saw in news or we saw in in research or when we contact with the authorities we just saw that the fences around the forest but the fences local people are using within their cropland within their household no one considers that and there are a lot of accidents happening a lot of people are you know dying because of you know don't not knowing the voltage the current passing through and forgetting to turn off the electricity during the days during electricity uh, yeah and then and then and then one or two person was dead due to the electric current they have cuz that the wire was on the water in the river and they were crossing and then they forget to disconnect it and then i think two or three people were dead so electric fencing i'm not in the favor of it because i also had one accident at my home my sister accidentally tossed the wire with with wet water see with the water on her hand and she got the shock because i have experienced that in my family so i'm not in the favor of electric fencing though it helps it helps to protect your cropland it helps to protect your house but you need to be very very careful while using that so not every local people is you know careful enough or knowledgeable enough to know the voltage or know the capacity of the current passing through the wires so that's even dangerous than the elephants because dangerous because elephants they don't come on the daily basis but you use the electricity in the daily basis so that's even putting the you know community danger every day so either you train them make them perfect to use that or 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 give the control to people who are trained enough to do that otherwise i'm not in the favor of doing or going with the electric fencing so that's that's sometimes that's even a different horrible situation using the electric conflict to chase the elephant and dying due to the current that's not what we want in the community and when that elephant it should yeah. it and we don't even like got mm-hmm. close to that yeah person. and then sometimes we don't we talk about the human perspective but we don't talk about the sucks the elephants are getting cuz we have seen uh elephants with you know having smaller eyes maybe they got the current over there and then in in then the eye was disturbed we had one elephant with a smaller leg you know one leg was smaller and then we had these names for the elephants like the one having small leg the elephant which has which had small legs that appeared last night or something without the eye so we don't know the reasons why the elephant has doesn't have one eye maybe that was due to the current or 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 maybe some other things we use like maybe due to the firecrackers or maybe the stones people were using so we are depending a lot in the local local uh, you know local activities or 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 local methods but maybe that is not that helpful for the elephant which we are not considering so that's another aspect for the elephant too so we really have to understand before you know having these methods or having introducing these things or or activities in the community there are some alternative crops i think you know like chili 
and like other menthol, something which has strong smells, so that elephants hate strong smells. So we can use. But one of my community member, with whose house was close to the forest, and his cropland was almost you know connected to the forest. So he tried to plant one of these aromatic plants, maybe menthol or something, but. He spent a lot of money buying the seeds and everything because that's kind of expensive. But later he could not find the market or extract the oil from that, so that was waste because that was the land where he could, you know, produce the other crops to feed his family. Maybe elephant would have been, you know, dis- destroyed a little, or maybe not. But he tried to use the other method, but. That was kind of a disaster for him because he has heard from somewhere that he will not get disturbed uh, if he plant if he plants these other other you know plants or alternative crops, but no one was aware about the market, so they have they need to have this specified machines to extract the oil, and you know selling it to the to the person where you can get the real value of it. And the middle portion in the market, everything. So either we need a a a plant, a concrete plant with everything, from from the ground activities to the market, so that local people can believe on that. And 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 another thing is the chili production also. Like we need to know the market, because if we just produce chili in our in my cropland, then and I don't get the market, then. What will I feed my family? I cannot feed them chili. <laughs> so, so that's another another aspect we need to work on. Or it's not like just a forest researcher or division forest office can solve this problem. Then I feel like there needs to be a coordination between the local governments, other organizations over there and then these technical people like researchers and technicians from the uh, division forest office and a connection between the central government, the local government and the division forest office so that we can figure out what can be done in the community. Otherwise it's like, you know, spending something or giving something just to, you know, distract them from the main agenda that will not work. And the focus sometimes is goes only to the protected areas because they have a lot of activities planned. They have the budget so they can work on the school students or or with the youth groups. They have, they work intensive works with the local communities, youth groups in Bardia. So that's 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 the I feel like that's the sustainable way to make people aware and understand and engage the youth in the conservation. But NTNC cannot come to Japan and work because that's out of their reach. So someone can adopt or change that method, take some help from NTNC, ask for the technical help, and then introduce these things. But that has to be a bigger project. And local government are not like, you know, maybe they are not aware about this natural resources management, or they just want the benefits and taxes from them so no one is kind of like spending money on the conservation or creating awareness things so there are ways we can at least minimize it a bit so that you know local people feel like okay 
we can you know we can do something on this but the situation in bahundagi was so horrible that no one was ready to get married to that village really? <laughs> that area and and you you were not able to sell the land you know if you want to settle down to the settle to the other area like that happens in my community too like we are trying to sell it cuz we have we have a big big chunk of uh, land and now we don't have anyone who can support us to grow the crops or it's too much for us to manage cuz my only mom and my sister are there so we are trying to sell a, a little of it so that we can manage the other but we are not being able to spin like more than 5 or 6 years we are trying to sell it but you know no one is giving us the the price we we try to get so it's while negotiating everyone is like it's it last they're like oh, elephant will come and destroy everything so we cannot give them for free or with a little money as my my family my parents worked so hard to get that property and that's the only thing we have to support my mom or or whatever that's that's something which we you know rely upon though we work but we feel like we feel safe that that's our you know that's our support that's our backup so we cannot give that for free but in a little money to we has we are hesitating to sell it but we are trying spend like more than 6 years i think we are trying to sell it but we are not being able to do so and the one of the major factor is human elephant conflict over there because my community my house is you know almost connected to the forest a community forest over there so it's like every month we hear this incidents and when the elephant is inside the forest like uh, i i had to go to the coaching classes early morning before the school and sometimes i used to you know just stop by the elephant and i used to get back to back to home and then i in the next day or or in the day i'll have to i'll had to explain the whole scenario to my teachers and then there were few students who don't know about this human elephant conflict because they come from the different different villages and they are like how why <laughs> why you are getting the excuse for not attending the class and why why i am getting the punishment for not attending the class <laughs> so <laughs> that just so now it's a pretty good excuse yeah, yeah sometimes that was yeah <laughs> that's real <laughs> so i thought that was such a great recap of that there is something i would really love for you to chat about since we haven't been able to really talk about it because you're the first woman that we've been able to talk to mm-hmm. i would love if you could really go into depth of like women's role in conservation and what it's been like for you to enter this field because okay. <laughs> we've only met with men and that's, so that's, you're a pioneer in that's, our eyes. that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> well in nepal it's a challenge for women it's more i must say it's a challenge while working in this field i feel all over the world this, it is the same but here in nepal it's more challenging we'll have to you know uh, fight the stereotypes a lot here um i have also heard while doing my my bachelor's while preparing for the entrance exam for my bachelor's 
I also hear that it's not your field. You'll have to go to the forest and you'll have to tackle with a lot of, you'll have to leave your comfort zone. It's not, a, it's not your area to work. It's for male. This profession is for male. You will have to deal with a lot of people in the ground or deal with the forest or the animals. So it's not your you know, place to work. You can study something else and get some job in the banks where you can sit inside the office and then, you know, get some fancy dress and job, you know. And if you try to work with the projects, you will have to really work hard. You will not get time to give to your family. And then, and then you are crushing your age to get married. Now it's time for you to focus on your marriage. It's enough for your career. So it's like, you know, hearing a lot. And then, and, then, and then another aspect is getting the harassment in the field. Like some people don't want to deal with the women. Some people and your, sometimes your co-workers want to get benefits when you are in the jungle or in the community level or maybe staying in the same hotel. They try to book single room. So there are a lot of challenges women are facing. But we women foresters, we're not kind of like, you know, organized or we're not in the network but we were realizing that we need a strong network between us so that we can challenge this sort of things in the field after that we got one female foresters network we have this one it's uh, more a facebook group because everyone is in the facebook so it's been it becomes easy for us to contact or get the information so we have this one right now, and in, in, uh, right now uh, we have this WAPS leadership program from Recoft, Thailand. They are uh, working with 30 women from Nepal. I'm one of them. I applied for that, and they luckily <laughs> accepted, accepted me. So they are trying to create these women leaders so that we can influence other, other women. In, from our field and, and from the local communities for the leadership to make our participation meaningful. Because right now the scenario in Nepal is that we have the participation in numbers. We already have from 33 to 50% participation in the Community Forest User Committee. But most of the decision is made by the male elites. And then the, the male who wants to support the women agendas are you know given names? You yeah, know, you're like looked down upon. Yeah, yeah, you are. You're supporting women. You, you, you are from the women's group or something like that. So, <laughs> even that happens in our scenario too. We have some some really supportive male from our our field too. But sometimes they also have to hear just because they are supporting the diversity or the gender issues. So now we are organized. Now we have this network. We're fighting almost every day. <laughs> we are hearing a lot, you know. So people are feeling like it's a fight against male. It is not. It is for the betterment of the society. We want to have this gender thing. You cannot serve us in the plate. We just want to choose what we want to eat so that we can have our own menu or so that we can have our own, you know, own interest or own, own, own taste. So it's like, you know, sometimes we'll have to say that if you... They say like change is happening. 
it will be slow you'll have to wait for us now that's what we have been hearing so we don't want everything right now but if we are working or if we are contributing the same amount of time money or the sacrifices like like the other gender or 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 anything or other human being we want to have the same thing on our plate like if we are going to you know a restaurant for for like nepali khana or nepali dinner then if we ask for a set we spend for money for that we get the set that's it simple as that we spend from our side to give us whatever we are deserving because we are we are contributing for that so that's it simple as that for our rights so we are we are now female foresters network is kind of like fighting and coordinating and trying to change the scenario and now recently we have one human uh, one woman harassment case which came to the court and then the person was penalized with some money according to the law we have so we were like okay female now have this voice and people now can you know really be aware about the laws and their prestige cuz you know in in the office when you go to the office the the scenario the the treatment you get is different but when you are at home and the same person calls you or messages you in a different way so when people or the communities is that the respect in the office or in in the public areas and in 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 the private you know chats or calls or private meetings what's happening people are you know not aware about that and then and people are saying you have this numbers you have your participation you know who are you you know raising this voice where are you trying to create the conflict but that's not the real scenario we are facing we are you know facing two different faces of the same people and it's sometimes hard for us to show the the the, the society the real face cuz because of the position of that person or the social uh, status he has or or the pressure we are getting from this you know so called elites we have uh, we have been fighting and we have now a strong support from the women's group because now we are organized we have this female foresters network so now it's like uh, people in this conservation field who have heard about female foresters are like okay you are with the female foresters like you know like a satire they are giving us this you know statement but we are happy at least you understand there is a network for there is a network for women foresters if you mess with one of them and if that person is you know uh, strong enough to speak then then you will be you know that's not a good condition for you so it's helping for us we are trying but while working with the local women in the communities it is really very really hard like for the works i uh from citri i work with the rural community women especially with the women and the for the facilitator we are like uh, one of our criteria used to be that has to be women so uh so that we can create some at least one leader from the community and sometimes it ha- it becomes a struggle for me 
because I will have to talk with the local male representatives to find out the female or, or get a female encouraged. I need to get permission from her husband or maybe maybe the you know ward or municipality representatives or, 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 or some male to deal with them and then, and then make them understand everything. And then the woman who is coming knows nothing because they will, you know, translate whatever I say. I can directly communicate with the women's group, but sometimes they don't want to follow, you know, that path. They, the, the, the male community want to be the deciding ones to send people. So sometimes it results that we get women who is not even interested to work but she sent because the, the the male or or the one or husband or her or the one who is sending feels like okay she will gain some money or 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 that's another exposure for her that's kind of like you know like uh we if we if we shoot our training center in pohara they can say like, okay pohara you can go and enjoy the training not for the learning purposes. So sometimes that makes the other women instead who are really in need, who are capable. Sometimes it becomes hard for us to figure out the perfect fit and, and the perfect community who needs the this sort of information, of this sort of exposure. So we are trying to work on that so that we can really figure out the perfect woman or the perfect need, needy woman so that, you know, the woman elites in the community, just they are not the ones to get these, these sort of opportunities or exposure. So we follow this PRA, Participatory Rural Appraisal, and we try to figure out uh, what actually the need is. And then we, we say that either that is a mixed group or women's only group, the interaction should be participatory. We need to hear from the late women or maybe the women who are from the disadvantaged group. And we encourage the groups with the leaders from the disadvantaged groups so that they can, you know, understand or they can also accept the fact that every woman is equal besides the caste or the gender or, or, or the, you know, uh, wealth status or, or something. So we are working on that. We are really trying to figure out these needy women from the community. So for the natural resource management, it's, it's still, you know, a challenge for us to address this gender issue. But we are trying. We are really trying and we have some success right now. And we now know that until and unless we speak for ourselves first, we cannot speak for other women. So first, we need to appreciate for your contribution, your value, and then only you can support the other women. Because in the management of natural resources in the villages or in the rural areas, women play a vital role but the credit only goes to the male because they are in the decision-taking procedure. So we just hear about their contribution, their meetings, their findings, you know, and for, and the, for the contribution of women, it is like that is their work. They are for that work. So they are just doing their job, nothing else. But that actually is a contribution which needs to be valued, which needs to be documented. And then... 
only we can you know create the balance like women are contributing this much we need some numbers so that we can you know argue or we can have this uh, concrete facts to argue with people so that is one thing which we need to work and figure out with the community members from the women and men perspective so that we can plan something or or we can get aware and at least talk about those things and and then talk in the favor of any gender or any disadvantaged groups otherwise it will be just a topic for attracting the donors attracting the uh, uh audience or just writing papers you know to get to get into uh into uh you know prestigious university for phd or masters if you have the gender issue wow you will get you will get this phd in a, in a prestigious college so that should not be just for for this degrees or that's helpful if you if if you have the gender issue in your phd what was your finding as you spent four almost four three years working on the gender topic you need to be an expert for the particular community you are working with or you have to have the exact data so that we can plan or we can have something because everyone has this has made this gender word fancy or you know something to focus just to get the attraction of the donors because it's compulsory kind of thing so it's like we have a lot of work going on we have a lot of work and people are like you have worked a lot in the gender spec right now now you need to focus on something else or maybe you need to focus on the on the whole scenario right now but still there is a lot of things lacking so we also hear that when we call ourselves foresters who are organized in a group and in the male foresters say that you want to be female foresters other than the foresters in general and then we are like we were foresters in general but you didn't treat us like one so we want to make you understand that we are female but we are foresters so we are female foresters you need to understand that female foresters has issues female has issues you need to consider this gender so so just to make you realize that this is female we need to consider her voice we are having this you women in front of our profession or something not just to make you realize that we are from quota system or or where we are less capable just because we came through the quota system no that's not true with it was just a positive you know aspect for us to give us some space in the same area where you are standing you are there to take decision on our behalf that's not that's not acceptable if we come through the quota system we come for ourselves our community to make our voices heard so you cannot just blame us just based on that you came through the quota system so you are less capable than us you cannot say that we have our voice we have uh, you know half of the population's voice we have with us so we are trying to make people realize in these things it's like you know it's been like a habit of hearing or you know giving them names giving them names to us or blaming our activities or anything but we are doing it just to make them realize that 
we also have, have our voice we also have our contribution and we can speak for ourselves you spoke for ourselves enough that's not working now let us speak give us the mic <laughs> we can speak ourselves you don't have to speak you you have your own agendas you can work on that if you are supportive enough then give us the mic now we want to speak we are capable enough to speak now so we are trying to create this environment right now we are working for the uh, women foresters only so that you know we can make safe working environment so that we feel free to work on our passion in the conservation so after that maybe we'll expand to other other areas too but right now that was a needed thing for us to work on so we are working have our webinars we have our meetings um we have some discussion programs we invite guest speakers Uh, who can motivate us from our field so that you know we can hear their stories hear their struggle hear how we cannot give up in some stages when it's really hard there are people who who already were fighting for that and now they are in the better you know stage stage and position so we also invite people for webinar so if you you know can connect us or if you can be the one of this people who can share your experience and motivate our female foresters i think we will both be down for that 100% i'm such a pro like how how can we support each other like that's what this is about right now this microphone in front of you like how can i just through the network that i'm building that we're building yeah be a microphone for yeah. you yeah we can create a a global network of kind yes. of women who are involved in conservation. That was, that, that was beautiful. Um, and on that note, since you currently have an audience, what is the message that you want to share? That if anybody hears anything, what is the one thing that you want to make sure anyone listening hears? Um, the message. Okay. <laughs> what should I give? I'm not that, you know... I'm not. I don't think I'm in that position right now. Which who can give a you know, life-changing message or something? Because I'm still struggling with my you know daily lives, my profession, my work, and and but still, the only thing I got to realize is that never give up. You will have to struggle a lot in my field. Obviously, the conservation. don't try to seek only the easy ways sometimes the 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 way may be difficult but the destination is beautiful and sometimes the destination might not be that beautiful the journey will be definitely so never give up keep on trying keep on struggling we we all women are together so so reach out to me if you need any sort of you know <laughs> backup <laughs> I'm 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 here to share my experience come with your experience let's share and then let's create a network it's not just for Nepal we can create a network and then the women from 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 the whole world we can work together for these important issues so yeah i think that's that's all from my experience i'm all in the crowd i'm like i know everything you said i know 
we have stories just like those. Yeah. And we're from halfway across the world. And yet all of <laughs> yeah. our stories are simple. Yeah. yeah. And and the fi- and the financial aspect is even worse, you know, if the woman is earning in the in, in her household she cannot decide how much she wants to spend for herself or you know the expenditure will be you know based on the male's decision like if you want to go beyond the household activities beyond your kitchen you know like uh, buying some property or buying some land they will take the decision you just have to spend your money and then they'll have everything on their name or, or or they want to take the decision on buying some sort of land or spending the money you have earned so and in the in the same payment system that is also you know not similar in a lot of cases in the government jobs that is fixed but in some other cases like some ngos and ingos they feel like that's an woman that's a woman that's that's enough for her somewhere you can hear that in the same position the male uh, colleague is getting or getting paid more than you and they, then you cannot complain and they will say like they visit fields they go out a lot and then that's why they are getting much if you try to send me for the same job i'm capable enough to go to the field and earn the same money but they have this you know mind pre mindset that women can be you know women can earn this much and that's enough for them so that's another big challenge we are giving the exposure to the women if women are getting the exposure but what's next what's happening after that what's going on with the money they are getting where they are spending this money so from we we don't spend a lot of money in giving admin cost or or you know salaries from C3 we try to minimize the cost and then work more in the community support uh, so still we give some stipend to the facilitators to the women facilitators so we are now trying to figure out or we are interested especially i am interested in figuring out where they are spending the money either the male elite is sending her just because she is earning some money or she has the control over her own money so while i have from C3 we work with peshkar volunteers now they are all went back to america due to the covid and still we worked with the facilitators that's why we want to connect with the local community a facilitator or or their representative so that we can sustain our program so we went to the diverse communities the rural parts like chajarkot and dadelhura so that's kind of like more you know they come like more conservative communities so we wanted to hear where they are spending the money how 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 hard it is to take decisions on on spending the little money they are earning so we want to understand that but the thing the 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 uh, you know kind of benefit or or a positive thing i analyzed is the the women i was working from the communities the facilitators they didn't have the bank accounts their husband used to you know give me their bank accounts and i told them that you can open your own account on just 1 rupees or zero money 
so you can go to the banks if that's near to your home you can have your own account and then only i can send the money to the bank so some in some of the cases these uh, the husband felt pressurized you know to get her to the bank and open an account so that i felt like they might learn about saving going to the banks having their own account on the bank so if they work with some other organization they will not have to say like i don't have a bank account my husband has so the whole control of the money goes to their husband so i tried to you know treat kind of a a a a dependency on themselves for the women rather than depending on the uh, on their husband or their father or their brother to get the money they are earning so that was a positive aspect for us so i am interested in you know doing small survey and see where they are spending the money so let's see what 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 will what will happen next because after this covid it's been hard for us to work with the local communities so to communicate also it is not easy right now but covid will not be here like the 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 the, the year long or maybe the coming years or maybe the coming months we will get vaccinated and get back to our planned works <laughs> yeah So let's see. There's a lot to do. <laughs> the Nepal coexisting with giants series was recorded in March 2021 with me, your host Brooke Mitchell Norman, and fellow conservationist Courtney Gonzalez. All of the stories shared are from the guest viewpoints and their firsthand experiences. A special thanks to the Katie Adamson Conservation Fund for helping to support this series through their Conservation Travel Fund and connecting us with their amazing Nepalese partners. To hear more about KACF and their founder, check out episode 2 with Dave Johnson. If you're liking the show, hit that subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. If you're feeling super squirrely, share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it too. Sharing is the best way to help the show grow and I couldn't do it without you. Until next time my friends, together we will rewild the planet. <laughs>